What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon, and this is the post-Canadian Grand Prix review episode. And uh, all in all, I think it was a decent weekend. We got yeah. to... We saw we saw Danny Ricardo come back for his commentary, which we'll get into that. Uh, Max Verstappen killed a bird. Yeah. Um, and you, you know the one thing that we didn't get to see though that I was banking on, where was a Nicholas Ferrari Latifi? exploding? Well, we kind of almost. I mean, you know. <laughs> but but where was Nicholas Latifi? Not a, yeah. There wasn't even a mention of him. It's like he'd never even existed. That man. I, I they, guess they need. He needs some respect. I guess they like were worried about taking away from Formula One and you know everyone just focusing on him being the goat being present. So right. they probably yeah. just you know asked him very politely not not to come. I, I that makes sense. That makes to the sense. Gilles Villeneuve circuit. Oh, you've been practicing. I've been practicing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get too many more death threats. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Oh man. So actually, so let's start with the whole Danny Rick thing. Did you watch any of that? Not one second of it, if I'm honest. Okay. <laughs> so I was I was pumped about it and I turned it on before the race, but honestly, before lights out, I had already turned it off. Um and then after the race I went back and I watched some of it. And it it's cool, but I think what they're doing, I think what it's for is more for like the casual fan, right? Yeah. Because it, it was almost like how you were talking about you had some friends over and you had to watch the race later. Because it was more like the race was on in the background, but they were just talking and commentating together. And so it, it wasn't like you couldn't really focus on the race if you're watching that. And they didn't commentate like Crofty or, you know, DC does. So it, yeah, it was more, I think, for the casual fan. I was sitting there. I was watching the pre-race show um, on ESPN. And I thought about, I saw that Danny's thing was on, but I was enjoying so much them, all of the technical talk from Crofty and Brundle and like all of that stuff. And I was like, there's no way like your first go around one, Danny was the only one present at the track. Will Arnett was virtual. So like, I was just like, I don't, I love them talking about everything going on in the field and the understanding of the penalties and like the, the whole point is to commentate on the race. And I was like, that's not what Danny and, and Will Arnett are going to be doing. Like, nope. I think it's going to be for entertainment purposes. It's going to be all that stuff. And it's like, it's not, I like, I want the race. Yeah, so exactly. For that reason, I just never even turned it on. And I yeah. felt better when I texted you and asked if you were listening to it. I was like, if he says it's awesome, I'm going to be kicking myself. And you're like, I already <laughs> turned it off. Like, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool alternate broadcast, but I'll stick with the the originals. As much of a Danny Ricardo fan as I am, it's just it's not for me. I'd rather watch him race than watch yeah. him talk about racing loosely. Yeah, I completely agree. Lando Norris was totally channeling his inner Danny Rick on those breaks this weekend, though. He was, man. Lando, especially that last lap battle at the end, yeah. that was pretty cool. That was awesome. Um, but no, all in all, great weekend. We got rain. We got a little bit of everything this weekend. Red flags, you know, not during the race itself but we did get a couple safety cars like a little few upsets few surprises uh, i thought it was a great weekend yeah for sure yeah i definitely saw all the the different tires coming out and everything which is pretty interesting to see especially quali quali was kind of eye-opening for some and we got to see yeah. some more ferrari issues but let uh let's go ahead and start with practice with friday yeah so FP1, not a whole lot happened. Gasly, like on the lap out, his engine decided it was done and threw a red flag. And then CCTV apparently around the circuit went out. And basically that was all of FP1. That like, was it. <laughs> that was it. 
So because of that, they added 30 minutes onto FP2 to make up for the lack of FP1. So you move over to FP2, um, and everyone was out there driving. Um, you got a little bit of wet there at the end of FP2. It was like a full-on deluge at the end of it, but you got dry running, wet running. Everyone kind of ran, you know, different situations. It looked as though Mercedes was was going to be dominant this weekend, but even they were like, nah, don't let those timesheets fool you. Red Bull was down in like eighth place, but it turned out they never even threw soft shoes on. They like they set those times on mediums and early okay. on. And and that was kind of FP2, nothing too crazy. Uh, FP3 was super wet. It was pouring, and we got the old Carlos Sainz special where he <laughs> slid the back end around, spun it all the way around, and knocked the entire front wing off his car. Um, it's like the weekend's not complete unless signs is <laughs> putting it into a wall or a gravel or something. Seriously. You remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about what was, uh, it was Michael Schumacher's brother. I don't remember what his first name Ralph? was. Ralph Schumacher was talking about how bad the drivers at Ferrari are like every weekend. I'm, I'm starting to be like, you know, <laughs> he <laughs> may be onto something. something Cause <laughs> This is ridiculous, man. Like George Russell puts it into the wall and everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's the second time this year. Like what's going on? You're like second time this year, Leclerc put it into the wall twice in one race last weekend. Like <laughs> he might be onto something at this point. I can't believe signs be. that bad. And then Albon was pissed because signs blocked him and impeded him twice and like hardcore in the rain. Where I don't really like it's one of the few times where album was like, dude, seriously, that needs to go to the Stewarts. Like, I'm doing 300 kph, and he's just stopped in the middle of a chicane in the rain. Like, that's Sainz successfully impeded everybody, the entire grid over this weekend. (laughs) And then I love the post race or the post quality interview where he's like, oh, I I was impeded seven times. Everybody was impeding. It's like, I only saw you. Like, yeah, nobody did it as bad as you did. Yeah, you impeded impeded everybody. He impeded three people in one turn. <laughs> yeah, like it, it was not a good weekend for signs on that front. Um, and that was kind of it. That was, that was all the practices. Nothing too crazy. A couple of red flags, um, but but nothing really. And then we get into quality, which I think was awesome. Really good quality. Yes. Yep. And then, uh, you know, Q1 started and you immediately got a red flag for a Ferrari power unit issue. And you got Zogon Yu going out, and I'm sure everybody in Ferrari's butthole puckered at that point. They're like, yeah. oh, no. Yeah. Um, and then it turned out to just be the McLaren special where it had to do a reboot. He pulled out a red flag, <laughs> drove all the way around, got in the pits, turned it off, <laughs> turned it back on again, and was good to go. I love how he was in disbelief. He's like, are you guys sure it's okay? Like, yeah, 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 you're good. Like, okay. Um. Yeah, that was kind the of other funny. part in Q1, you got to see that the Ferrari was bouncing again. Like it was yes. one of the few cars, like to the point where you could see their heads bobbling around. It was almost like 2022 again, um, which ended up being an issue the whole weekend for those guys. Yeah, but not as it, it didn't rear its head too bad. Um, but yeah, and then we got to also see signs impede Gasly and knock Gasly out in Q1 while he was on a flyer. Gasly was pissed. He should have been. He should have <laughs> yeah, been. Gasly, they even did the timing. It would have put Gasly up around P6. Like he would have been clear into Q2 if it wasn't for that. Like I don't blame Gasly for being pissed at all. Yep. 
Yeah, that was the one where he impeded Sonoda, Norris, and Gasly all at the same time. And only got one penalty. Unlike yeah. Gasly, what was that, a weekend or two ago where he got two penalties for it? Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I couldn't believe that. That was really bad. And then the one thing I wanted to note was Perez was a full second behind Max in Q1. Not, not, not yeah. good foreshadowing for Perez. Perez had a shitty weekend. Yeah, he did. Just all around, just not looking good, not looking strong. There was an interview before the race um, during the grid walk that Martin Brundle did with uh, Christian Horner. Yep, I saw it. And he was, yeah, basically asking, like, what's going on with Perez? And he was like, he just needs a, he's, what did he say? He said he needs a good result to, to get his spirits back up. Basically, I mean, everybody knows, everybody could see it. Even talking to him, he just seems down. Yeah. I think just and not I having believe, that. I believe it was Crofty that said you're only, in this sport, and especially on that team, you're only as good as your last race. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah. That's rough. That, so, uh. Q1, we have Sonoda, Gasly, DeVries, Sargent, and Zhou Yu all going out. And we roll into Q2. The track is drying up. I should, we should have said that. The track was wet from FP3 when Quali started. So it wasn't you know, actively raining real hard, but it had poured a couple hours prior. So the track was real wet. Coming into Q2, there's a dry racing line, and people are starting to talk. Softs or enters. What should we be doing? And Alex Albaum yep. is the first one who called it himself. Not as it wasn't a team call. Albon said, throw the softs on and it paid off in spades for him. Oh, for sure. Alex Albon had a great weekend. Great. Weekend. It's interesting to see the difference, right? You got Albon calling for it. Team's like, all right, let's do it. And then on the contra on the contrast, you have Charlotte Claire calling for it. And the team's like, no, no, no stick with the, the enters. And then what happened? Charlotte Set Claire's a banker out. on your enters and then we'll come in and then we'll throw softs on. And it was too late. Yep. And yeah. another, Charlotte Claire, he was pissed and for good reason. And I'm sure, uh, you know, just another blow for <laughs> Charlotte Claire. Yeah. You said, uh, you said last, I think on the preview or not the preview, uh, maybe it was last week. And you're like, one man can only have so much bad luck. And it's like, he's not there yet. <laughs> no, he's he not hasn't. at the bottom. <laughs> he's uh, got further down so to bad. go. <laughs> it's like, just when you think he's done, it's like, no. Just slapped again. He's a Ferrari punching bag at this point. Dude, he is. Um, and so that made a lot of fun for Q2. Not a lot to really report on. Just all of the back and forth. Do you put softs on? Do you put inners on? Which one's fastest? It started to rain again. So, like, there, there's a lot of strategy going back and forth on tire selection. Max stayed on the inners, and he set the fastest time. He cleared Albon by four-tenths of a second on inters. Malbon was on softs like Red Bull wasn't even questioning it with Max. They're like, you just do you, Max. You're fine. Whatever yeah. you need. Let us know. Yeah. Anyway, Checo, where are you? Why are you still a second <laughs> off the pace? Um, yeah, it was kind of crazy. And so in Q2, Leclerc goes out, Perez goes out, Stroll, Mags, Magnuson, and Botas all go out. So that was very reminiscent of uh, a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, and then we roll into Q3, and now it's just raining. Like there's no talk of softs or, or inners. Everyone's on inners and setting bankers and Max and Alonzo traded back and forth a wee bit, but that, that was kind of at the end. It was, you know, Max Alonzo and then Nico Hulkenberg sliding it on in before the rain really came down. Yep. The new Mr. Saturday, man. He does it again. Yeah, he did. He, he said a hell of a quality. It's too bad. That car is hot garbage though. I know. Yeah. 
They're they're so good, or he's so good on Saturday. But once the race starts, it's just like terrible. Yeah, you. It, it was. Yeah, it's it's rough. So um. So quality ends, and then four people get hit, handed three place grid penalties for impeding. That was Sign, Sonoda, Stroll, and Hulkenberg. Um, which honestly, none of those names are all that surprising. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it sucked to see the Hulkenberg one just because, like, it's he's in P2. Come on, give yeah. him a break. But, yeah, the, the stewards were not messing around with those penalties. But, I mean, again, they were deserved, especially Carlos Sainz. Carlos probably should have had a couple. For sure. He would have started way at the back. Yeah. Um. So then we get to Sunday. Um, and immediately on the grid walk, you see Leclerc's car up on block speed with mechanics underneath it, working on it. Oh man. I love how, uh, Martin Brundle was like the Ferrari guys clearly do not want anybody to see what's going on. So let's see if we can see what's going on. He's like yeah. on the ground between their legs, trying to look under there and then, well, he's, and then they won't, they won't budge. <laughs> then he just goes and asks Fred Vassour and he's like, Oh, this is what happened. Well, and he, Martin Brundle even kind of called out the Ferrari mechanics. He's like, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, steal your ideas? We're just trying to see what's up before the race starts. <laughs> like, come on. And then, yeah, he's like, fuck it. I'll go find Vasseur. And Vasseur's like, oh, you know, Leclerc hit a curb driving around on the practice lap and damaged the floor. So we're just swapping like for like parts. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. Like, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, and then... They take all the tire blankets off and everyone's on mediums except for Gasly down in 15th place. He's on softs. Perez is on hards. And uh, yeah, like everyone else is pretty much on mediums to start the race. Well, all right. We have lights out and Hamilton takes Alonzo right out of the gate. Great start from Verstappen and, Alon and Hamilton. Alonzo didn't have the best of starts and, and Hamilton overtook him. And it, it was some awesome fighting around that first chicane. I, I, every time it's like, please, you just want to see Alonzo just get the jump and get out front and just like at least make Max make one pass, at least make yeah. something a little difficult. But it's just every time, man, Max is just on it this year. Yeah, he's on another level. Um, Perez overtook Signs out of the gate really quick and then on the back straight lost it and Signs got right. back in front of him. Um, and that's where then Perez sat and stared at the back of Signs the rest of the race. <laughs> Um, so lap one was fun, really good, clean racing, nothing, not a whole lot of contact, anything. Everyone made it through the first couple of turns and, and kind of business as usual took off. Um, Nico Hulkenberg immediately started dropping through the field. Max immediately started waving bye-bye to everyone and driving off into the sunset, already taking out back markers. Um, and yeah, and then I noticed Leclerc was really struggling to get by Norris. That Ferrari yes, could not get by that McLaren, which was interesting. And on lap six, Prez is still P12 behind signs, has not passed anybody. Neither one of them have. And you have you have an, an Alpine in front of you. You have McLarens. You have both McLarens. You have a, you have a freaking Haas. Like, and y'all aren't passing anybody. You have Albon and Williams, who actually deserved, he did a great race. But like, seriously, y'all can't pass right. these people? And he's on the in the fastest car on the grid, and he's stuck behind those guys. But to be on, to be fair, that DRS train was like set Gnarly. in stone yesterday. It was crazy. Like Albon's if you got stuck in it. that, 
to the point where you started seeing people just pit just to get out of it and get some clear air. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I like how on lap 11 or 12, Max comes over the radio talking about he hit a bird. Yeah. And so I, I went back and I was rewatching the onboards from like lap six and up to see if you could tell. And there you can see when he hits the bird. But what I realized by watching, sitting there watching Max's onboard for so long is how boring it must be to be Max Verstappen. <laughs> all you're doing is just like just hitting laps. There's nobody around you. You're, you've got your, your engineer giving you constant updates, like, you know, twice a lap, like Maybe. Oh, gap 3.5. Yeah. he's like oh we're on this mode but we can go down to this mode if you want to max just let me know and he's like oh we'll stick here he's like okay it is just like the most boring time just out for a sunday stroll and then yeah. he got some excitement by hitting the bird though <laughs> but that was it where did it where did the bird hit the car so and actually so uh it hit and it got uh lodged in the right front brake duct so the bird was there for the entire race oh and, was it uh, really yeah, and I was reading where afterwards Max uh, did an interview, and he was saying that he was like, the bird was there the whole race. I just feel bad for the mechanic who had to pull it out. Because, um, yeah, it just Crispy. lodged in there. Which, if it would have, it could have potentially, you know, clogged up the brake duct. Max, yeah. Max could have had an issue all because of a bird. Everybody's worried about the marmots or whatever on the field or on the track. There were a ton of them. <laughs> Which is crazy to me. It's like they're still on the side of the track. You just got a family of them watching the race. Yeah. It's just like you can't get these things and block the track. I don't know. I guess, you know, they just dig their way back in. But yeah, it was wild. Yeah, it was funny. Lap seven, we had Logan Sargent, critical engine failure. They just came over the radio and were like, stop the car, stop the car, emergency, stop the car. This is a critical message. Stop the car. (laughs) And so Logan just pulled off like right next to a race exit. They had a VSC thrown out for 20 seconds while they rolled the car behind the wall and we were off to the races again. Like, quick as VSC ever. Did you see his post-race interview? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. He was so chipper and happy. Like you, It, it was like a, a, a sense of relief on him. He was like, oh, not my fault, basically. The way yeah. he was, he was like, oh, it came in last, you know, not my fault this time. <laughs> but, and I made a note of it because he was just so, like, relieved and carefree during that. Normally, That's people are funny. pissed when they retire so soon. I missed that completely. Um <laughs> I did make a note on lap nine. Leclerc was told to lift and coast for his brakes. And I was like, ooh, 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 Ferrari's about to screw up again. And then <laughs> nothing ever happened. I wrote it down like, I hope this is foreshadowing. And then it was, <laughs> um, lap 11, Gasly pits on in from, because he started on softs. And he goes down from 15th place down to last place on a set of hards. And it was like, whose idea was it to start on softs on a high deg? Like, whatever. Um and I just made a note, Leclerc is still in P9, Signs is still in P11, and Perez is still in P12. <laughs> and then the next lap, Russell slams into the wall. <laughs> Holy crap. I cannot believe that car stayed in one place. I'm surprised they didn't shove the axle out the other side. He hit that wall so damn hard. I thought there was no way that car was coming back out of the pits. No. The way he hit that, ro- that wall. I couldn't believe he made it around the track. I know. That was wild. Like he slammed it. He came around that corner so fast. But so on the next thing that I made a note of was the unsafe release right after that. Yeah. And Alonzo essentially 
you know, like a soccer player at that point. Like the way he churched it up and exaggerated that movement. <laughs> Even when they showed Total Wolf, Total Wolf's like, oh, doing it with his hands. As yeah. soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that's big. Like he almost hit him. And then when they show the onboard, I was like, uh, Alonzo, this cheeky bastard. <laughs> I he know was totally being a cheeky bastard. He was <laughs> sawing on that steering wheel and everything. You watch the onboard and you're like, it was, I mean, like it was kind of close, but it wasn't that close. It like, wasn't that close. It was a, that, uh, was it Norris and uh, Gasly's? That was a whole lot closer. Like, I think, and then yeah. Norris jerked and almost took out a Ferrari. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pit crew guy. Like <laughs> that one, maybe, but. Uh, uh, it's it's funny. I love Alonzo. Like he plays the game so well. Oh, he I just does. that experience and wisdom from the elder statesman. I love watching it. And I was laughing hard watching both Ferraris stay out. They got track position. They moved up to P four, P five. You know, we're on lap twelve. They're on medium tires. You're coming. You're like four laps away from the pit lane opening. You have a safety car. Like, here's where you, you throw it in and, and you save. I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Ferrari's screwing themselves again. Like, I cannot wait to watch the fallout here. And, uh, you know, they actually, it was a pretty good strategy. I'm, I'm eating crow now. <laughs> I couldn't believe that, but it, it worked out pretty well for him. It did. Um, the next thing I got down at, at lap 20, Piastri was all over the back of Norris. Like, pushing Norris hard and i was like okay like i get like racing you know if you want to get past him but dude he was weaving and bobbing and making norris defend and then he tried to break late and overdid it and went almost into the pit lane because of it i was like bro cool down a little bit there like it's your teammate calm down buddy god norris did get it norris passed him he put a good pass on on piastri but then yeah piastri was just like seeing red or something after that it was a little. It was a little much to be between teammates. Um, lap twenty three, Alonso passes Hamilton, and that was you know kind of it. The the Aston brought a new floor upgrade to this race, and so and I definitely think it kind of showed a, a step mm-hmm. forward. They're definitely faster than Mercedes. Yeah, for sure. Which um, you know was good to see that people were starting to take those chunks out of Red Bull. Um, but yeah, it was. I was expecting the Mercedes to be a lot quicker, but that Aston Martin upgrade was a good one this weekend. And all of the Mercedes were very kind of candid on how all of the chicanes around this track that are such slow speed corners are like their Achilles heel. They're like, this car is yeah. not set up for slow speed corners. Um, and so I think that's actually, if that is the case, that's where they finished at three seconds off of Aston Martin, like in P3. That's good news. If that's bad for you, if this is a track that does not suit you, man, Austria is going to be a little nerve wracking for Aston. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. I'm I'm happy to see the upgrades and the the pace that they have for sure. It's it's promising. It definitely is. Um, lap 24, you know, they came out that there's no penalty on Hamilton and Norris for unsafe releases. Um, God, man, and then it's kind of business as usual. Like lap 35. I got Perez is still behind Ferraris, but the Ferraris are still out on their mediums. It's lap yeah. 35. The pit window for lap for medium tires was 16 to 20. I was like, man, what is what do we got here? So with with Ferrari, I felt like Ferrari was kind of throwing Charles Leclerc a bone, like trying to 
almost like make amends because you had uh, signs coming over the radio on like lap 24 or something. He was like, oh, I have more pace. Basically like, hey, let me pass Charlotte Claire. And then they're like, no. Like, and then they come over to Charlotte Claire and like signs is not going to attack you. It almost seemed to me like they're just like, here, have this. <laughs> like, yeah, they said offering. it like three or four times to Claire, like signs will not attack. And I bet they were sitting there yeah. between the two of them being like, guys, we just need a points finish for the team. Like, <laughs> right, don't. Yeah. Whether you're in fifth or you're in sixth, like it doesn't matter. Like, let's just get points on the board, please. <laughs> um, so, oh, and then we have the Nick DeVries K Mag crash accident thing into the runoff. I don't know what the hell that was. Nick DeVries, man, what the hell is this guy Dude. doing? <laughs> this is, and then. The way he he went to go by him and then completely locked it up going into the turn. And now K-Mag is pushed off into the runoff. And then they just sit there. Yeah, and trying to both of them trying to figure out where reverse was or it's something. Like, no, like, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> that, was that was absolutely ridiculous. They wasted probably 15, 20 seconds just sitting there before they could do anything. All crazy. because of damn Nick DeVries. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So then next thing I got is lap 39. Lando Norris gets a five second penalty for unsportsmanlike behavior. Yep. Which I guess I, they went back and forth a little bit, but I guess that was for backing up during the safety car. To so I've actually his- got it pulled up. Um, okay, perfect. What they said, because they never said during it. And even Lando said the entire race, he didn't know why he'd been handled the pe- handed the penalty. It wasn't until afterwards that he got told. But when there was the safety car um, deployed, McLaren came over the radio saying that they were going to double stack Piastri and and Norris. And Piastri was in front of Lando at that point. And so they said Lando was going 50 kilometers, so like 30 mile an hour, slower than the deltas should have been to get into the pits. And so the FIA said, Hey, you were slowing down to give your team enough time for the double stack and you were backing up cars behind you in doing so. And that was why the penalty was there. And afterwards, Lando was like, yeah, he was like, I had slowed down, but we're always doing that. He was like, it wasn't like I was 10 seconds off my Delta. He was like, I was three seconds off my Delta, but that's what you do. You slow down and then you speed up to keep heat in the tires everyone does it he's like everyone you can watch across the board slows down speeds up slows down speeds up it's like that's all i did he's like in fact you can see right afterwards i sped up and entered the pit lane at maximum speed like i he was just he didn't seem all that upset about it it was kind of a whatever but he was like that's kind of ridiculous he's like everyone out here should be getting penalties then because we're all slowing down and speeding up the whole time how true that is i don't know but and if I was Norris and you told me you're going to double stack me and, and there was a safety car, no passing is happening. Like you're going to all get bunched up anyway. What's the big deal of coasting a little bit more? Like, it seems like a kind of a ridiculous penalty. Yeah, it did. And it dropped him out of the points. It did. That was unfortunate. So I, I that was definitely a loss. Um, Man, and then from there on, like I got lap 54, Russell finally retires the car. It's just not doing it. And between that and then like the rest of the race is the Albon DRS train. Yeah, that was just kind of stuck, stuck in the position, not going anywhere. 
Max Verstappen almost knocking himself out. Yeah, I go over the curb. <laughs> and Perez, nine and a half seconds off the back of signs. Nine and a half seconds off the back of signs. What in the world? Yeah, this guy, I, we keep going back and forth. I feel like Perez is, I don't know what it is, man. We've, we've started before the season, our prediction pod, talking about how he's just not on the pace. He's not the right guy for the job. Starts and we out got the season. heat for that. Oh, a lot of heat. We got a Starts lot out, of heat. And then beginning of the season, he comes out just firing on all cylinders and just like in the contention for the championship again, just like he did last year, and then just nosedives from there and yeah. has not come back. And it's, you know, it's the same thing that happened last year. It's like, you know, it, he can only, I, I think it's the pressure just gets to him and he cannot keep up that level of performance consistently over you know, an, an elongated period of time and he just folds under the pressure. And yeah, those, you know, those it, races that he does incredibly well is the exception to the rule, not the yeah. rule. And to the point now where you're starting to hear people again, the, you know, the talk is coming up. Is he the right guy for the job? Is he going to keep the seat there? You know, how safe is he? And it, it's just like, I, I don't know. I, I know that uh -huh. it's tough to be Max's teammate and especially the pressure that being a Red Bull driver puts on you, especially when you start underperforming. Um, but man, you just, he's got to do better at this point. Yeah. It's like you said, it's hard to be Max Verstappen. Like you need a, that's so hard on the D replace him. Like, I mean, you, you, he needs to be nerd nervous. He's got Nick DeVries waiting in the wings. All right. He could move up at any time. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like you, when you have a Max, when you have a Lewis at his height, a Michael Schumacher at his height, like all of them had a number two driver that was quite happy to be, you know, number two, Rubens Barrichello never really pushed Schumacher. Botas never really pushed Lo Lewis. Like you, you almost have to want someone that's happy to be in second place and to not yeah. be over there trying to be in first and trying to overtake Max. Like, hey, be happy in second, take it, rock and roll with it, and yeah, just, just you're in the fastest car on the grid. You're gonna get some race wins here and there. You're getting paid a shit ton of money. You know, just be happy where you are. <laughs> and that's hard when you're looking at you know the alpha types it takes to be in F1, and that's why I don't think it's the easiest position to fill because you do need somebody that doesn't want to be number one, and that's probably yeah. not the easiest thing to find. Maybe Perez is the right guy for the job because he is there, but you, we need more performance though. We need you up yeah. there at in second, helping fend off Alonzo and Hamilton. You can't be back in ninth place behind Carlos Sainz. You can't be back there fighting with a Williams. Like, yeah, get up front. <laughs> That was insane. And I mean, for the rest of the race, not a whole lot happening except for Norris picking off Botas and then making a few moves on Ocon. And, and you know, there's some good racing here, there, but that was about it. Yeah. Lando, that was pretty entertaining at the end of the race, watching yeah. Lando get those passes. And then, you know, when he comes over talking about the floppy wing and then trying to get past yeah. Ocon. Dude, that, that was... wing was floppy as all get out. That was <laughs> yeah. crazy. That thing was all over the place. And someone had called it out before the race. Like one of the commentators, I don't remember which one was like, huh, that Alpine wing looks like it's jiggling quite a bit. And like just nonchalantly kind of pointed it out. And then at the end of the race, you're like, oh, damn, like that thing is moving. Yeah, that definitely looked like it was going to come off. But yeah. that one, that that battle for me was pretty entertaining, especially right there at the last turn or coming into the, the last turn at the last lap. That was awesome. And I feel like, you know what, you're going to get dropped out of the points anyways. Just send it. 
Just yeah. send it. Don't don't concede in that quarter. <laughs> that's exactly right. I think that's exactly what Norris did. He was like, screw it. <laughs> it's basically the race. Max P1, Fernando P2, Lewis P3, and then Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz P4 and 5. Yeah. Um, best. I was going into this weekend. I was already prepared for it. I felt good. I was excited to talk about it. And I was just like looking for looking for reasons to talk about it. I was planning to come to this podcast and be like, Ferrari's no longer a top team. They are a best of the rest team. And they staved that off another weekend. I'll have to wait (laughs) another weekend to make that claim. But this weekend, good strategy, good teamwork. The car did really well. It went 38 laps on medium tires, longer than anybody, longer than some of the hard tires. Um, Great race result for Ferrari. Yeah, it, it really was. I think the highlight for me for this race was the fact that you had, let's see, what was the difference? You had Max Verstappen finish the race, what, nine seconds ahead of Alonso? Uh, I got it pulled up. Yeah, yeah nine and a half seconds, seconds ahead of Alonso. Okay, so before this race, I went back and looked at all the other races, taking Australia out because of the way Australia finished. That was kind of a, a crapshoot there. But taking out all, or taking out Australia, Red Bull has been 20 seconds plus ahead of everybody in each race. Um, so now, you know, there was a point there in the race where Alonso was only four and a half seconds behind Max and Alonso was lifting coasting. I know yep. Max wasn't pushing, you know, as hard as he needed to or as hard as he could, but it's still promising to see that these teams, Aston Martin, Mercedes are starting to close that gap. Um, and then to see how close Aston Martin and Mercedes are, they make yep. it really interesting for that P2 or P3 fight. You know, it's so. It's, Especially it's because exciting. of the drivers in those cars, too. Like, yeah. anytime Lewis and Fernando are next to each other, it's like, ooh, cool, here we go. Like, I'm yeah. excited now. Um, and, and it's fun the whole time because you can just watch the time delta, like, of Alonzo pushing Lewis or Lewis trying to push Alonzo to make a mistake, and they'll talk about it afterwards. And it's super fun watching those two. Um, I am really curious if Aston will pull away in the development ring because of the amount of development time they have from finishing seventh last year. That's true. Yeah. They, uh, they do get a a considerable bit more. Yeah. So that'll be kind of interesting, but as I've said many times, I don't, I, I wouldn't trust anybody to outdevelop Mercedes. Yeah. Those guys are hard workers. They are. Um, yeah, Ferrari pulled off a one-stopper. So, like, my post-race notes, I've got Norris Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Ferrari pulled off a one-stopper. Perez WTF. <laughs> and then one thing I love and I always stay for it now every time is the cool-down room. I love yeah. watching the personalities in the cool-down room. And I have to say, when it was just Max and Lewis in there, that was awkward. <laughs> yeah. For it sure. was not, uh, it was not old buddies. Fernando came in and they were you know, all happy and everyone was kind of talking, but when it was just Max and Lewis, that was, uh, there's no love lost between those two. It's like, sometimes it's like an awkward waiting room, <laughs> like at the dentist office or something like that. <laughs> it's like, uh, so how about that weather? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> They're all just sitting there awkwardly watching the, the replay. And they're like, Oh, look, someone almost crashed Uh, (laughs) it was awkward dude um something else that i was reading up for this that i saw which is really interesting williams albon's car was upgraded had a new floor and several other upgrades 
they only had enough parts to do one car. Is that a budget constraint? Is that how was Alvon's car the only one? And it straight up said they only had enough parts to upgrade one car. So yeah. obviously, if you're going to upgrade one, you upgrade Alvon's, not Sargent's. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Hey, I mean, smaller teams like that. Like they're saying some of their, James Valls was saying some of their, I think, tools or equipment they have at the factories, like, you know, from last decade, not the mo most modern like everybody else. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, let's do heroes and zeros. Let's do it. Why don't you start off this time? We're doing heroes or zeros first. We start off with zeros. zeros. Yeah. All right. Perez. Oh, yeah. Hardcore Just, zero. Can't yeah, pass anybody. You're second and a half off of max and quality. Like, bad, bad, bad result. Can't. Guy's definitely in a slump right now. Can't be finishing that far down the pecking order. Nope. I um, agree with that one. Haas. Haas is a hardcore zero, man. To have Hulkenberg in fifth place and then finish what? Like 17th and 19th because you have no freaking race pace whatsoever. Oof. Bad. That was, that was, you had a good chance to stave everyone off and maybe get a points finish. You're not going to finish in fifth place, but maybe get to P10. Like you're in a great position to be there. Nothing. Not even close. And lastly, Alpha Tauri. They are yep. making me. I have all year said I don't think that car is as bad as everyone says it is. And now it's starting to look like the drivers and the car are as bad as everyone say they are. Like <laughs> it it terrible finish. I mean, freaking DeVries finished dead last because he put it, you know, straight down a runway and Yuki Sonoda finished in 14th, you know, just not good. Just bad. Like you're clearly you and Haas are the back pack. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. And so I have uh, Alpha Tower is one of mine as well. And I was looking up some stats for those guys. They have had zero points in the last four races and, you know, they're dead last in the constructors right now. And so I, yeah, because they've only they were, got like what two points because of uh Yuki getting in top 10 or getting number 10. Yep, and they're like, both out in Q1. Yeah, Logan Sargent, Nick DeVries both have zero points, Yuki has two points. Yep, so other than those, I have George Russell because <sighs> like he was doing. He was there. He was doing so good, and he made that one mistake, and you know it ruined his race. It and did. So I, got I can't George believe Russell that car there. drove still. Yeah, he I hit know, that, that wall was... so hard. Like... <laughs> that was a testament to the Mercedes, man. <laughs> that he was able no to keep going. Kidding! I, I love how that car is drivable. Like the mechanics and engineers in the pits come over and they look at the suspension. I was like, oh, they're about to put it up on the blocks and pull it in. And they're like, no, no, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no Send way. It. <laughs> so yeah. good, good job there for that but yeah i got russell and the other one it's kind of a double whammy because i said alpha tower but nick devries yeah. like this guy i think i i, I think this might have been the final nail in the coffin for nick devries he just was not there this weekend and then that whatever that move was that took him and magnuson both off i think that's uh gonna be it for old nicky boy yeah, Danny's over there going, put me in, coach. Put me in, coach. Yeah, right. 
I want to go back and watch the his thing when or his commentary when that happened and see what he was saying. Yeah, he probably hopped on the phone real quick. Yeah, Nick DeVries was a big uh he he's not long for Alpha Tower, I think. He's not long right. for F1. Remember earlier in the season or before the season started, it was like, oh, Perez better watch out. You got Nick DeVries over at Alpha Tower. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, boy, I was just, we wrong. We've been saying it about Le Mans and everything else recently. Like, it's almost, I've, someone said it once, I've always agreed. When you watch the Olympics, you almost need to have like an, the average Joe running in the Olympics with them just to put, do the comparison, right? Like, right. you don't realize how fast those people running track are or whatever. It's kind of the same thing in Formula One, like Nick DeVries, Formula E world champion, Formula Two world champion, world champion of this and this, you know, Antonio Giovinazzi, all these people that were never anything, world champions in every other aspect of motorsport racing, Le Mans winners, Formula E, whatever. They come to Formula One and they are nothing. They are a blip on the radar that lasted for a season or two and are gone. Like, yeah. and I think that is a testament to the skill level of these drivers and how competitive it is. Um, and it furthers the testament of like, you know, multiple time world champions and everything else, just how good they are. And I was, and I was thinking that and I was watching during quality Lewis skidded a little bit, like he drifted and it was crazy. The, the camera angle lined up perfectly around that chicane where like when he skidded, he was dead on with the camera. And like, as soon as the car started to move, he already had the steering wheel turned. And as soon as the car, like, as they slow mode, as soon as the car started to correct itself, he already had the steering wheel straight again. Jeez. Like, how good do you have to be to be doing <laughs> 90 miles an hour around a 90 degree turn with a wall right there in the rain and be that good on the steering wheel to keep your drift from hitting the wall? Like impressive i wish you you need average joe driving a car <laughs> well i guess you do you have nick devries driving the car in the yeah. background that's the difference we're talking here <laughs> like <laughs> how good these guys are is crazy oh yeah um, all right well let's hit your zero your heroes alex albon dude what oh, for sure a weekend what a weekend. He absolutely deserves a ton of kudos. A lot of people have said that he is a very underrated driver, and I've been like, nah, I don't know about that. Yeah. But he turned it on this weekend. Great result yeah. for him. I, I think he's exactly what Williams needs. Mm -hmm. you know, I, don't, I don't know. I, I wonder if he would be able to get back in a top team right now and perform. Or, you know, because before he kind of got swallowed up by the Red Bull pressure and all that. So yeah. maybe now he's got the experience and, you know, he's he's – Raising his stock. So, I mean, if a seat comes up, he'll, I'm sure he'll be on somebody's list, you know? I'm sure. Um, Ferrari, great weekend Ooh. for Ferrari. They, nice. they deserve some kudos. They pulled off a great strategy. Maybe they hired some of those Le Mans guys. Yeah. You know, great result for Ferrari this weekend. I think they need a pat on the back for actually finishing the race and not screwing anybody over completely. They're like, look, guys, these Le Mans people made us look like idiots. All right. Let's get this shit together. Um, and then my last one is Mercedes, um, yeah. to go from what was such a terrible car. I know George crashed out, but they're qualifying better. You know, they were qualified P4, P5 before Hulkenberg dropped out. Like, um, I, I really think they've come a long ways and they're going to continue to, and it, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so for me, I have Alex Albon, you know, that's, I think without debate. 
Um, Red Bull, man, a hundred wins with Red Bull. They've won eighteen of the last nineteen races. Yeah, you know it's it's wild. Max Verstappen got what his forty first win, I think. Yeah, fourth in a row this year. So he's got almost half of all of Red Bull's wins, <laughs> which you know these guys are. It's it's again, man, they're just firing on all cylinders in every aspect right now. And I, I think it was awesome to see, you know, the podium, which we talked about before with, you know, how many 11 world titles on the podium. Yeah. And then you got Adrian Newey, the wind whisperer up there on the podium as well. It's just a, a legend, you know, podium yeah. right there. You're totally um, right. And then my other one, I'm going for it with Alonzo. You know, he's, you know, what's this? I think he was, seven he was almost, so far. Uh, it's six out of eight races. He's had podiums. I yeah, believe. that's it. Six out of eight races. And so, I mean, yeah, I got to give it to Alonzo. Got to give yeah. it to the old man, the village elder. <laughs> Still got it. All right. <laughs> Finally, predictions. Uh, I knew <laughs> this whole week I was like, Dylan yes. is going to be pumped over this. You almost had a sweep. Almost, almost. had a sweep. Freaking Alpine. All right. Well, let's Last go over I your predictions. Max Verstappen on pole. Nailed it. Got it. Lewis Hamilton, P3, Fernando Alonso, P2, and Max Verstappen, P1. Gosh. <laughs> Wild card double points for Alpine. Uh, we're yeah. Gonna, that's Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz screwed me. He impeded me as well. Give him another penalty. <laughs> Carlos Sainz, you owe me. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So well, you I just had, had yeah. I, so I, just like you, I had Max on pole, so I got that. I had P1 Max. I got that. My two and three were swapped, so I had Lewis and P2, Fernando and P3. So at the end, I was like, come on, Lance Stroll. I need a red flag. <laughs> come on, Lance. And then uh, my wild card was Charles Leclerc, top five finish. And so I got that one. You got it. So Can't believe it. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't. Look at old Lance Stroll, man. Finishing the home race. Granted, he sucked. <laughs> but he finished the, he finished the race. <laughs> Woo! Lance and Ferrari are all in the same boat where they're just like, just finish the race. Oh, that's so funny. But yeah. you know what? He did it. He, he almost didn't. He went deep into that hairpin turn on like the second to last lap. And I was like, yep. come on, put it in the wall. Put it in the wall, Lance. Yep. I was like, come on, red flag. <laughs> I, need I was a, texting a you before the race. I hate his face and I hate his voice almost as much. He sounds like a stupid duck. <laughs> He's got like a... It, uh, hey, Latifi that's... was fun to watch screw everything up. Lance, I just hope screws everything up. Yeah. Let's see where where did Lance finish? Ah, oh, P nine. Oh yeah, because he passed Bottas right at, right there. And at the then end. he passed Bottas, and then uh, Norris took the penalty. Yep, yep. So so that's what got him. Old the Lance in the points in his home race. Good job, Lance. The Aston Martin that's in P two right now, running down a Red Bull. You managed to pass an Alfa Romeo. Yay! Uh, like Lance and and Perez are kind of doing the same thing right now they are it's bad except lance is worse <laughs> well we don't got a race coming up this week no but we have austria after that and i'm really excited for that one that is going to be exciting so i guess uh we'll be back later on this week with something something cool we'll figure that out Get we've totally to already got it planned and and don't worry it's, it's oh, gonna be great <laughs> Oh, you got anything else on this one? Nah, man. Great race weekend.
It was. It was a fun weekend in Canada. Hey, guys, if you like this podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and a review. And go ahead and share it with a friend if you can. It really helps us grow. But I think that's it for Canada. We'll be back later on this week, like we said, and then get ready for Austria the following week. And uh, so I guess that's it. So on that note, stay classy, America. We'll see you next time.